0: Welcome to another episode of The Brave Front, a podcast with a single purpose, to talk about men's mental health. My name's Tim Bainan, and if you haven't done so already, please hit that subscribe button. In the meantime, though, here's what's coming up on the show.
1: I've lived with uh, clinical depression since my mid-30s, I think. That's when I was first diagnosed as having had, you know, with depression. But it's it's become more prevalent and more embedded in my life, I think, in the last 10 to 15 years. And certainly in the last eight years, it's been dreadful. And I was on my way to psychiatric hospital uh, for an assessment, which would have meant an admission. And we live on the Isle of Mull, so it means a long journey to get to the hospital. Uh, so at least two two and a half hours, including a ferry journey. And um, you know, I just didn't want to go back to hospital. I just thought it was a complete failure, and there was just seemed no point. And I just saw the ferry and decided when when we boarded, that's you know, I jumped off, and I did. I'm not sharing it just to to get people to be feel sorry for me or to be sympathetic. Um, it's it's because I I really believe that. Um, it's possible to live a life, even though we, you know, I'm living with this this dreadful weight at times. You know, the, the whole aspect of the journey was to 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 really enjoy exploring and and not to have an agenda, and not to feel under pressure to achieve, you know, uh, massive goals. It, you know, I wasn't setting to break out to break any records, so I was really just exploring the coast of Scotland at my leisure, which was a huge privilege. Essentially, I had Scotland to myself. You know, um, you know, I was in these incredible sea lochs like Loch Nevis and uh, Loch Etive, and Loch Horn and I didn't see another human in the in, in the upper reaches of those lochs. And you know, and all I had was seals and otters and eagles and and deer as as companions. So it was incredibly, you know, rich experience.
0: guest this time around, Nick Ray, who you just heard, has, he'd probably be the first to admit, become an unexpected social media sensation. Earlier this year, Nick completed a 3,000 mile solo sea kayaking trip around the coast of Scotland, sharing his journey on Twitter along the way. Throughout the adventure, he also shared the story of his personal mental health journey and his life with depression. His honesty and openness, coupled with the beauty of Scotland and the simplicity of his paddle around its coast, captured the imagination of thousands of people around the world. So, what started out as a personal challenge turned into a journey on which he was joined by a global audience of well-wishers and supporters. One of life's nice guys, I spoke to Nick from his home in the beautiful Isle of Mole, where he talked about his early and teenage years in Africa, how life brought him to Scotland, why the outdoors has been such a central part of his life, and how he has lived with his depression for over 30 years. So the interview you're about to hear discusses some of Nick's toughest times, including his suicide attempt. But in it, Nick also beautifully expresses the power of nature and of time outdoors to provide perspective and to offer someone sitting alone in a sea kayak in the middle of nowhere an almost overwhelming sense of privilege. I love talking to Nick, and although the closest I've ever got to a sea kayak is a pedalo off the coast of Mallorca, I can definitely relate to all that he says about the benefits of being outdoors. I've always found that a run or a walk in the fresh air, perhaps through a wood, with the sound of the birds overhead and running water somewhere in the distance, has the ability to wash away troubles and to provide me with an escape from the thoughts in my head or from whatever stresses may be happening at home or at work. And there are countless studies that prove this. A 2021 study by York University, for instance, found that 20 to 90 minutes in nature, sustained for eight to 12 weeks, had the best chance of improving mood and reducing anxiety. And that doesn't mean you have to hike up a mountain either. It's as much about a walk in the park or just time in the garden. The same study actually also found that while time in nature by yourself is hugely beneficial, doing things in nature in groups can have an even more positive effect. So the next time your family moans about going out for a walk, you can pull the science trump card and explain to them that it's for your collective mental well-being. Depression, however, as you're about to so eloquently hear from Nick, can be an impossible demon to shake off. So if you can relate to much of what we chat about over the next 50 minutes, there are some links to sources of support in the show notes. In the meantime, though, sit back, relax and join us for the story of a sea kayaking tour of Scotland. Nick, welcome to the Brave Front. Thank you for joining us. I'm so glad you're able to do so today. How are you? And tell me, how's the beautiful Isle of Mull
1: today? Thanks very much. It's really good of you to uh, invite me. Thanks. Mull is looking sunny and bright today, but it's cold. It suddenly feels wintry today.
0: (laughs) Yeah, it sort of seems to have taken a turn a bit, bit, doesn't it? It I think this weekend's going to be a bit chilly. So, yeah, not looking forward to the arrival of of deep winter as it's on its way, for sure. Make us all jealous and tell us what you see outside of your window. I bet it's better than what's outside my window
1: uh well i live on a small housing estate so i've got houses around me but uh having said that i mean i can look through the houses and see the sound of mull and the hills on the other side uh, of the uh, of the sound on the mainland of scotland so um yeah it's not bad <laughs> it's lovely yeah Excellent. yeah
0: i imagine for someone who, who loves adventure and the outdoors as, as you do i imagine mull must be a pretty idyllic place to to live and to spend your time
1: it is and, and it's interesting um when I paddled around Scotland over the last year, I saw so many beautiful spots, but I always came back to Mull as my forever home, which is which is important for me because I've been a rolling stone a lot of my life. So um, to feel like I've got somewhere where I can put down my roots is is really important. And yes, yeah, Isle of Mull is perfect for me. Lots of coastline and hills and mountains. Fantastic. Space. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Lovely, and I, w- I want to talk
0: about that your your Rolling Stone journey and how you how you ended up in Mull and how, how you, you got to where you are today in more detail for sure. And, but tell me a little bit about what what does this, what does an average day or an average week have in store for you? What what does your life involve at the moment?
1: Well, it's uh, it's focused on writing because uh, I'm writing a book about my trip, so that's that's a major task, and I have to keep reminding myself to treat it as a major task. But um yeah I do um creative things you know I make uh, thing well jewelry actually from um pieces of glass and driftwood and other items I might find on the beaches but but the main the main thing is writing that's what I'm doing that's what fills my day
0: Is that something uh-huh. you enjoy that's that's uh, that's uh, I you know I do I do a bit of writing and and it's so, I find for for my mental health writing is something I find mm-hmm. very Beneficial, so getting things down on paper, I find quite a sort of cathartic exercise in terms of getting things out of my head and down on paper. Is that something that you found as you've been writing? Uh,
1: yeah, I do enjoy it. I mean, it, to, since the end of my journey, I felt like I've been wading through treacle, but I think that's because I've been expecting a lot of myself to to be writing the next, you know, sort of big travel book. But funnily enough, in the last couple of weeks, I've I've, I've seemed to have found my voice and it's flowing a lot better and, and I'm enjoying it a lot more now as well. You know, I'm enjoying telling the story. So yeah, I, 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 do, I, I do enjoy it. And it's, and I'm looking forward to getting to, to the nub of the book really, which is, which is the reason I did the journey and, and exploring that. So that's going to be really useful for me. Uh, it is, it is, uh, it is a funny exercise.
0: Writing is a, is a funny thing, isn't it? It does kind of sometimes it's a it's a mental challenge in itself you have to come overcome the sort of the hurdles of building momentum with writing i find in terms of sort of getting over that initial writer's block and the initial thoughts of how are you going to structure something what it's going to entail but then when you get over that you kind of get into the flow
1: of it yeah
0: it's quite a natural process isn't it i kind of quite like that sort of flow when you get going
1: yes yeah i mean but with me there's the element of self-confidence as well so my you know, my critical self is is very present, <laughs> and so uh, you know, I I struggled. For example, last week I was on a real, I, you know, I hit a real low because my my sense of self worth and confidence was was really low, and so anything I wrote, you know, I I thought was absolute rubbish, and you know, I, I saw as quite pretentious. You know, if I if I offered any insights or you know um, thoughts that I I may want to share. You know, I kind of viewed them as pretentious, gobbledygook, really, and who'd want to listen to that? So, yeah, it's it, it's it's an interesting process. When it's going well, it's it's enjoyable, but it can also be it can be a challenge for me to cope with myself within that process. Of that, if that makes sense, yeah, it it
0: yeah. completely does. I I have I found exactly the same. I find actually that sometimes when you write, the more you sort of doubt just yourself in terms of in terms of what you're writing, and I actually found some of the some of the know one way that i dealt with that was to to write and then not to read it back just to park it and leave it and then come back to it a number of days later or a period of time later um and so you don't become because otherwise i find myself i become my own harshest critic and whereas i could have written a thousand words and then draw a red pen through half of it but if you leave it and park it and walk away from it and come back to it sometimes you see it with fresh perspective so i find that probably helped that helped me during that writing process mm, just yeah. mm. take take a step back from it sometimes but listen tell me a little bit about your background for the benefit of our of our listeners i'm really keen to sort of find out a bit about you in terms of in terms of your journey and, and we'll come on to, to the kayaking We'll come on to scotland in a bit but as i understand it from what i've read you were born in in zimbabwe in in the heart of africa
1: Yeah, so well i grew up in in what was then rhodesia of course um But uh, yeah, i lived there till I was 15, very happy childhood in many respects. And my father was a a policeman, so we moved around a lot. And some of the places that we lived were right out in the the wilds, (laughs) literally. And so I, you know, that's where I was introduced to, to wildness and wilderness. And um, so I was very, very lucky to grow up uh, a feral sort of childhood, really.
0: And then was that something that your parents embraced Did they encourage you to get out uh, there uh,
1: yeah most definitely yes I was very very lucky my, my dad was particularly yeah he was particularly um fond of the, yeah. the the wildness of Africa and yeah he he just just through sharing time with him and being out with the family you know I learned a huge amount about being comfortable in in wild space and um being comfortable with discomfort for example you know the the sitting for hours, waiting patiently to watch, you know, wildlife, and um, yeah, being patient and being quiet and silent and being respectful, I suppose, of, of wild spaces. And Yes, and then certainly when we came back to the UK, when I was in my mid-teens, I gravitated straight towards the Duke of Edinburgh Award scheme and all the all the outlets that would enable me to to continue to enjoy the outdoors, and um, and that's that's what I did really, and found my way into outward bound as an outward bound instructor after after leaving school um I didn't go to university I just went straight into the outdoors and um worked for outward bound for many years and was very lucky to have an incredible time with them and I went back to Africa with outward bound i worked for outward bound in Africa for a few worked well, for quite a few years and then after outward bound kind of uh, drifted a bit but I sort of always working with people. So I entered the mental health field. Uh, so I worked as a support worker for a, a charity in the north of England and then in, in the middle of England. And uh, then moved up to Scotland and met my wife and moved up to Scotland and uh, yeah, c- kind of attempted to work in the outdoors again, but it didn't really work out. But so I, I kind of drifted for, for about 10 years really and then started undertaking these kayaking journeys, which have led me to where I am now, really. So, um, it seems think, to me
0: that the outdoors has been in your blood and running through your veins through, through your whole life, basically.
1: Yes, yeah, it's, 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 a, it's incredibly a natural environment for me, you know, in every, every respect, you know, it's, um, it's a place where I feel very, very comfortable. And so I'm very, very fortunate with for that really.
0: Can I ask what brought your family from and you and your family from Africa to, to the uh, UK?
1: It was the, yes, it was the civil war at the time in, in, in what was Rhodesia and between what became Zimbabwe. So, yeah, so we, it was the uncertainty and um my father being in the police force meant that he was on the front line and uh, was, was in harm's way a lot of the time. So, you know, so we decided, well, they're, they're from England originally, so we, uh we ended up back here um which was a complete culture shock for me as a I you imagine who yeah. grew up in Africa,
0: but uh imagine yeah. as a teenager in Africa yeah you know, suddenly being trans transported over to, yeah. to England. and i think that, been a- that's
1: probably um why I've drifted a bit you know in my adult years but having arrived in Scotland I feel very much, you know it's funny being in Scotland I feel like I found my home uh, there's something about the Scottish culture and the Scottish landscape, a Scottish way of life that is, is reminiscent of Africa. You know, it's um, very much a can-do attitude and, uh, you know, people don't think twice about having to drive long distances or, you know, go shopping, you know, about 20 or 30 miles away or travel two hours to get, you know, to get to the nearest supermarket, which is very similar to to my life out in Africa. I, yeah, it's you know, the most but,
0: dangerous wildlife though in Scotland as there is in there.
1: No, well, we don't <laughs> get elephants, yeah, but we do get we we you know we do get lovely wildlife up here.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, eagles and stags and you know a deer across. And when I'm kayaking, I've got whales and dolphins and things like that. So yeah, it's it's it, it can be quite exciting up here, but uh, non-threatening, non-life-threatening wildlife. That's for <laughs> certain. No yeah, scorpions or anything like that.
0: Yeah, <laughs> indeed. Indeed, indeed. Yeah. But yeah, I've seen the video. I saw one of the one of your videos recently of um I can't remember where you were, but you had the dolphins around you. It just looked so Yeah, that,
1: that was an incredible moment. Yeah, that was off Ardenamirken, yeah, the headland there, yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Ma- amazing. Amazing. You're very lucky. Listen, I know that um uh, uh, a lot of what you, you you've um, discussed quite openly uh, uh, on your on blog and, and and on social on your your throughout your journey throughout your experiences, you've talked very openly about your mental health and the journey you've been on in regards to your mental health. Um, yeah. Are you happy to talk a little bit about that in terms of your journey yeah, no, and, and how that actually sort first that started? You?
1: Yeah, I'm very happy. Yeah, I've lived with uh, clinical depression since my mid thirties. I think that's when I was first diagnosed as having had, you know, with depression, Mm -hmm. Uh, but it's, it's become more prevalent and more embedded in my life. I think in the last 10 to 15 years, I think, and certainly in the last eight years, it's been dreadful. Yeah. It's been hard work. Yeah. Yeah. So,
0: so that's something, I'm sorry, if you don't mind me asking how old you are today? 16. (laughs) Okay. So something you've been battling, you've been battling and, and living with for 30 years is, is as you say, it's, it's, it's. It's changed over that time back back when you were first diagnosed then in your thirties yeah what what was what was life like back then in terms of you know recognize did you recognize in yourself that you you had um uh issues and that you, you things weren't weren't right can you remember what uh, that was like
1: no because I don't think I was as self aware mm-hmm. you, you know i think i was um I was, a, I was a young man who who lived to burn his candle at both ends I was mm-hmm. Yeah, I was, I was incredibly active and, and, you know, when I think back to myself then, you know, there's there certain aspects that I think I was pretty okay at, but, you know, I'm pretty, you know, shamefaced, you know, when I think about, you know, how I kind of, um, yeah, I just ignored the important things in life, maybe, you know, in terms of being more mature with certain choices that I made and, and uh, how I approached work and my relationships, et cetera. So, you know, I think I didn't. I wouldn't recognise having had depression. I think, you know, that it, it came to a point when I think what happened was I was, you know, I was, I was working for Outward Bound and I was working very, very long hours and quite a high-pressure job, and and just one day I just couldn't function. You know, I was just sort of crashed and burned, and the, the GP signed me off. But then I got re- eventually referred to the, you know, the the sci- psychiatrist who identified. You know, a deep depression. And then I, that was the first time I kind of had time out in a psychiatric unit, although it wasn't on a ward. It was like a outreach um, home. And it was, I think, when I was about uh, 38 or, th- yeah, about then, I think I was when I was first admitted into psychiatric care on a ward because of um, uh, suicidal ideation. Um, and I, you know, I went into hospital a few times around that period. And then there was a long gap. I met my my, my, my second wife, Karen, and, and so if there was a long gap where my depression was at bay, but I think, you know, I always struggled with, with a low sense of self and, and it just got worse and and I think when I'd kind of lost a little bit of direction employment wise, I really didn't know where to head and what where to focus my energy in terms of a meaningful, gainful employment. Mm-hmm. Uh, um I kind of I think i I struggled a bit then with myself yeah sounded like
0: was was that like a self uh in, in a way you know one fed the other in terms of being being unable to to your your depression uh and and that sort of point in your life
1: both sort of made the situation worse is that if that makes um, sense yeah I don't know I think um yeah it's difficult to say really um I, they didn't really go hand in hand because you know, we 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 had a really happy life. We've always had a happy life, Karen and I. It's like, you know that's the odd thing about my depression. It's not, it's not as if it's it's not circumstantial. I don't think it's not because you know I live with incredible finance financial worries. Or you know, we've been incredibly fortunate. You know, when I look at what so many people are facing at the moment, you know, I am in a very very fortunate position. Given you know, <laughs> just had a whole year off to. Follow a dream, really, and you know, not many people, very few people, could ever ever think of doing that. So I'm incredibly fortunate, and yet, you know, I really struggle with with being able to in, enjoy life or feel that I have anything of worth to offer, or you know, any kind of belief in myself. And and the way I describe it, it's like it, it's it's a constant process. So I don't like to use the word battle because mm. there's there's Awful connotations around battle, but it is a, it is a process where I'm I'm constantly working to stay ahead of the depression. So I'm employing, you know, mindful techniques. I'm employing cognitive, cognitive behavioral uh, processes. Uh, so I'm not being lazy about. I I attempt to do all the things that you know people with depression are encouraged to do. You know, live a healthy lifestyle and, and connect with the outdoors, but. Despite that, you know, there's there's these moments like last week where where the only solution that seemed to keep coming, you know, it was like going around in circles, and the only outcome that seemed viable was to to take myself off and disappear, you know. And when I say disappear, it was you know to 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 take my life, and and I and it's dreadful because I know, you know, then I go into this process again. There's this cognitively, I know that that's. You know that's um, isn't it's not an option, <laughs> and yet there's something in within me. It's you know I can't. If it's a feeling or a thought or a belief, it's 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 almost it's almost ingrained in me to to um to think like that or feel like that. And I find it very. Does it feel, does it feel like you're not in control of your 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 mind at that point, or your mind's that um, side of your mind's in control of you? It worries me that, um, sometimes it can be incredibly persuasive. Mm -hmm. So, um, there, even on my journey, there were, there were, there well, there were two times on my journey when despite all the fantastic, incredible experiences I was enjoying that, uh, you know, this, 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 this awful feeling swamped me and, and. I really had to to struggle. I really had to fight hard not to, not to um, be a hmm. lured, you know, lured into into um, making a dreadful decision. And um, and it, and and that's when I get exhausted, you know. So it's nice. it's that's when I say to you know I'm I'm in touch with my psychiatric nurse, you know that's when I really get tired because. You know um, I' it, it, it's uh,
0: it's uh You you described it so well when you said that it's it feels like you know you're you're trying to stay one step ahead of it all the time it's exactly. almost like having a, a you know a, a demon chasing you that that you're just trying to stay ahead of uh, all the time
1: yeah yeah and and it's and it's difficult to describe because you know it it it's not there all the time so <clears throat> you know and I think that's that's the insidious thing about depression is that you know anybody would look at me at times and think, "Cracky, you know, he's he's actually quite good fun to be with. You know, he's not boring. You know, he's, you know, I can I can function really well, and um, you know, I'm coherent and yeah, you know, I can I can I can hide it away, I suppose. And that's the and and, and so yeah, and it does that with me sometimes. That you know that there are times when I think, more well, Cracky, you know, why why was I even?" you know when i share stuff on twitter i get you know a week later i feel quite embarrassed because that's not how i'm feeling or thinking a week later and then i and i but i think
0: as we as i you know looking through some of your twitter i think a lot of people can can relate to to what you're saying at that moment in time uh, so i think you know in a way you're reflecting what a lot of people who also suffer from depression or or you know how they feel in those moments as well yeah. So i think they recognize themselves in what you're saying for sure
1: Yeah. And, and this is, and for me, this is why conversations like the one we're having right now are are so helpful because, you know, although I'm, I, I I will continue to live with it, to know that, that by sharing my experience may help others helps me live with, with, with what, with what I would live with rather than, you know, just becoming a completely private morass. You know, it's like, you know, I'm not sharing it just to, to get people to be feel sorry for me or to be sympathetic um it's it's because i've i'm i really believe that um it's possible to live a life even though even though we you know i'm living with this this dreadful weight at times and awesome. and i you know and i and i often look at people who have other challenges you know who may have you know a physical challenge or who have um, another illness like cancer or you know, and 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 folks are living their lives and continue to li- live their lives with, with with whatever challenge they're faced with, and and that's 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 inspiring for me, and and that's you know that's that's what I've discovered, is the best way forward for me is to to accept that I will probably end up living with this for the rest of my life, but within it I can I can, <laughs> I can have I, some pretty amazing experiences, <laughs> of course, and I think you know you know
0: um the power of talking i think it's it's it, it, it's almost sounds cliche when you talk about mental health in that it's good to talk you should talk it's okay to talk everyone says those words an awful lot but i think when you when you do talk the talk as well as walk the walk the the proof is there and in, in, you know for everyone to see that it, it does make a huge difference to people when you do start to talk not only for individuals like yourself and i've been there as well in terms of Issues of my mental health and yeah. and you know the, the 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 positive benefits of talking, but also I feel for the people you're talking to and who are, who are listening, there's huge benefit to them as well. So not only does it help you as an individual, it helps others as well.
1: Yeah, I hope so, and I, and and that's what I discovered on this journey was actually uh, you know hugely enlightening for me to know that you know, complete strangers would would seek me out just to to have a conversation. About mental health and and you know about their mental health journey and be interested in my mental health journey and yeah and find inspiration within each other you know that's that's that was that was hugely uh, rewarding for me. Tell me a little
0: bit about how how your depression has uh, impacted your relationships and, and and life at home. It sounds like you have a very supportive
1: wife who who's there for you. Yeah, Karen, yeah, she's a, she's very very understanding. That's, you know, some um, goes without. You know, I can't describe in enough words, you know, how she's been there, you know, rock solid beside me all the way through, you know, all all the way through, despite, you know, some of the challenges I've presented her, you know, in terms of, you know, my suicide attempt and my threats of suicide and, and, and you know, my general low, low mood and, and the crotchedness that goes with it and the, you know, the, you know, the uh, it, poor communication and and. All, all the negatives that go with 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 with, with me and my depression but uh, no shit and i and I think you know in yeah again if if we if we to look at it from the outside there it has brought us together closer i think you know it, it means that we we talk more to each other and and listen more to each other as well i think that's it, it it's it's good to talk and it's equally good to listen and I think that's 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 hugely important as well.
0: yeah Yeah, absolutely and having someone there just having that rock that constant there is so vitally important isn't
1: it yeah yeah you you mentioned your
0: your suicide attempt there um i'd I'd like to talk about that if you if you're happy to do so um tell me a bit about that day um and yeah just talk talk me through it
1: well there were there were a couple of events that had occurred that kind of um really triggered me and and my belief you know my most Yeah, it's just rock bottom, <laughs> quite simply. And I'd seen, I'd seen um, psychiatric nurse and seen the GP, and I was on my way to psychiatric hospital uh, for an assessment, which would have meant an admission. And we live on the Isle of Mull, so it means a long journey to get to the hospital. Uh, so at least two two and a half hours, including a ferry journey, and. Um, you know, I just didn't want to go back to hospital. I just thought it was a complete failure and there was just seemed no point. And I just saw the ferry and decided when, when we boarded that's, you know, I jumped off and I did. And, uh, luckily for me, you know, uh, I'd been, I was spotted, you know, um, not until the last minute and I was in the sea for a good while and hypothermic when I was pulled out and, and then was brought back around again. And then admitted, of course, to, to hospital psychiatric care for about six or seven weeks, I think it was. It was a long time. And, um, yeah. And and since then, I've been in hospital a couple of times again. So, yeah, it's not all been plain sailing since then. But I think that that, that one event, um, yeah, it's, it's sharpened my focus with, with regard to the, the value of life and, and, and appreciating life um, but it also frightens me as well because having been there and attempted it, and knowing how easy it was and how unfrightened I felt, you know how you know I wasn't regretful or or, or frightened at all during the you know in the time in the water. Um, yeah, it frightens me that you know it still seems a peaceful option sometimes when when I'm in my deepest lows. So i've got to be very careful and i i really i really you know when i talk about keeping safe it's it's keeping safe from that that uh, that the alluringness of 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 that sense of peace um so yeah so it's it's used it's useful in the respect that now i'm i'm far more aware of of working much harder to to remain well. Well,
0: well thank you I mean it, it's uh, I can see um you know I can see how scary that must be when when you think back at it in that way especially if, if it's you know that you talk about the the alluring nature of that 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 piece and like I can see how terrifying that must be to to think in, in that way um tell me a little bit about um I read again on on your Twitter um, and I think an article in the BBC as well about you you meeting up with the ship's bosun who, who saved your life on
1: yeah, this on part of your journey. Yeah, this was absolutely incredible, and it wasn't planned at all. It was totally unexpected. Um, all through my journey, well, early on in my journey, because I had planned to visit the Isle of Egg, which is an island uh, on off the west coast of Scotland and not far away from where I live in terms of paddling. It's only a day's paddle away. But I never managed to get there because of the weather. And so right at the very end of my trip, I paddled round to the west coast and then across to Egg. And it was if it was a synchronicity moment, if that's the word. Yeah. You know, he, he, Donald lives on Egg, and Donald is the bosun on the ship, which saved my life. You know, he, he launched the rescue boat off the, the, um, the ferry, um, which he was on. And, um, it wasn't the ferry I jumped from, it was another ferry. And, that boat was the one that found me and he describes, you know, this this boat brought brought me in, you know, alongside the ship and they couldn't get me aboard sh- a because it was too high. And he described with, with tears, you know, how he saw me in a crumpled heap in the bottom of this rescue boat. And, and you know, it, it was just one of those hugely impactful moments. So there wasn't a dry eye in the house because there were quite a few people around at the time. And, uh, you know, these two big, well, I'm not very big, but big bushy bearded blokes, you know, who, who pretty rough and ready in their own way. And, you know, sort of hugging and kissing each other sort of gratitude and, you know, swearing forever friendship really. And, and yes, it was just an incredibly powerful moment. And again,
0: did he he seek you out or did you, did you seek him out when you, when you were on the island?
1: Uh, he sought me out um, because what happened is it's a very small island, and they've got a, they've got a very tight net community. So somebody had shared on their Facebook group that you know I was paddling across, and and he he put two and two together and 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 uh, and then sought me out, and you know people people knew because it's a tight net community. <laughs> so when I arrived, they said, "Oh, Donald wants to meet you," and you know. So by the time I arrived, and after I'd arrived, I knew. I knew the meeting was going to occur and I I knew the significance of it. But uh, the moment we met each other, you know, and just to hear from him, you know, what he had, he'd, he'd observed. And ever since then, you know, he'd been impacted because, you know, he'd, uh, you know, he'd, he'd seen me and, you know, he, you know, thankfully I'd survived and, and he'd often obviously wondered what had happened to me and yeah. And then he went on to tell me what, you know, what had occurred for the crew and, and how the captain had reacted. So it was really interesting as well from that point of view and yeah, forever grateful, of course. Yeah.
0: Wow. And it's a, a day that, that, you know, uh, as memorable for both of you for, for very different, different reasons, does it, do you think it'll mean that you, but you mentioned you, you be lifelong friends now you're going to stay in touch and, and keep in contact.
1: Well, most definitely. Yes. You know, um, I'll be paddling out to egg again and sort of meeting him. I will take my wife Karen out to meet him as well. So fantastic, <laughs> fantastic!
0: Yeah, it, yeah, beautiful so, spot. I'm so pleased because it's it's nice for something positive to come out of uh, yeah. come out of that day. So that's something that's that's good news. Um, I've got to talk about the, the the challenge and the the adventure. Obviously, in terms of your your sea kayaking around the coast of Scotland, it's a uh, well actually how big in, for someone who doesn't sea kayak and has never been in a sea kayak and never attempted anything even remotely like that how big a challenge is that i mean what, what what are we talking about what how many days paddling is it how 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 many miles what how big a challenge is it
1: well i, I in the end i covered over 3000 miles and um i paddled for a whole year so I set off on my 59th birthday and i finished on the day i turned 60 so really it was a uh, my rite of passage into my 60s but in terms of the challenge i suppose the big challenge was pad, you know Camping and and living wild through a Scottish winter—that was probably a big challenge. But it's, um, for me, it 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 was it was an adventure, certainly, but as well within my my ability to to cope with it. And I you know I loved it, and you know if I viewed every day as a just as a paddling day rather than the journey in in its entirety, you know it was um yeah it was it was, it was within reach of of my capabilities and. You know the the whole aspect of the journey was to 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 really enjoy exploring and and not to have an agenda, and not to feel under pressure to achieve you know uh, massive goals. It, you know I wasn't setting to break out to break any records, so I was really just exploring the coast of Scotland at my leisure, which was a huge privilege, yeah. uh, which I did do. And I just paddled around the mainland of Scotland. I did paddle around the sky as well, so um, and took a year to do it and met so so many crazy. Incredible people and um, yeah, and and some incredible moments with the wild and yeah, natural encounters and camping wild, etc. Beautiful. I mean, looking at
0: I mean, your photographs and your videos are incredible. They do it does look like an absolutely uh, astonishing, astonishing trip. I imagine though that camping, especially and kayaking, in January, December, January, February, perhaps isn't as appealing as spring and summer perhaps am i am i wrong or the beauty in different ways
1: um i actually didn't i i actually found i enjoyed winter more than i i, I thought um the, the difficulty of course was getting dressed every morning you cool. know getting out of my nice warm <laughs> <laughs> my bed clothes and putting on damp kayaking clothes but um the beauty of, of kayaking in the winter and camping in the winter there wasn't another soul around so i hadn't mm. in Essentially, I had Scotland to myself, you know, um, you know, I was in these incredible sea locks like Loch Nevis and uh, Loch Etive, and Loch Horn. And I didn't see another human in the, in, in the upper reaches of those locks. And, you know, and all I had were seals and otters and eagles and, and deer as, as companions. So it was incredibly, you know, rich experience from that point of view and so so it was and and really beautiful because of course the mountains are sometimes covered in snow or you know very very stark landscape in the winter
0: but, I mean, uh, amazing you,
1: <laughs> to undertake anything
0: like that though any kind of challenge involving just yourself and being being uh, you know in 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 remote places it's time by yourself isn't it ultimately is, is that and something you have that has to be something you have to be comfortable with i'm assuming as well so being being happy to be in that place by yourself um, yeah, there's a joy of politics yeah yeah, yeah. definitely do you have um, uh, any idea uh, when you did you have any idea when you set off about how much of a social media following you were going to um, get along the way
1: no um, no that was a complete uh, no it did genuinely take me by surprise I mean I remember getting to my first night camping and um, I was still within range, of course, of Wi-Fi and stuff, and uh, of of the internet. And um, my phone was just pinging every every se- second with new followers. On I had to switch all my my uh, my alerts off because it was just going crazy. And um, yeah, and then and it just seemed to capture people's attention, and and it really well, I suppose it, it enhanced the journey from that moment onwards. I you know I um I found that uh, I had people. From all over the world, showing a huge interest in what I was doing and where I was, and yeah, you know, just enjoying my photographs. And it was a, it it turned you know turned out that I create, well not I created, but a a a community grew up around me, which was was really rewarding. Did that uh, feel a bit like
0: having sort of companionship along the way? Because uh, those people were, were taking such a keen interest in in everything you did. I just want to. Why do you think that it, it happened in that way? There's lots of people who go on on, on journeys and adventures who, who don't get followed in the way that, that you did. But as you say, it seemed to capture people's imagination. And, yeah.
1: And, um... Maybe because I, you know, maybe I was not out to prove anything. You know, I was just um, out to amble around Scotland and wore my heart and my sleeve, I suppose. You know, I, I spoke about my experiences as, as they emerged you know, to be honest, when I set off, I just, I actually said, I'm, I'm, you know, I think I said to my wife, I'm, I'm just an old bloke, going for a, a paddle for a year, and you know, why would anybody be interested? And <clears throat> I think that's probably why people were interested because, you know, um, you not know, obviously because I, you know, I, I have a huge amount of sea kayaking experience, and you know, I've done it for years and years and years. So from that point of view, I was well able to handle myself but to all other intents and purposes i was i was fairly ordinary and you know and i i really attempted and i and i continued to attempt to to share my experience in a way i hope is it you know in, engenders ac- a sense of accessibility for adventure and um outdoor connection for everybody you know i, I do worry at times that um adventurers like myself people who who have passions for sport can actually be a little bit more you know unwittingly quite exclusive you know it's like um well yeah you can go sea kayaking but you need to join a club or you need to do all these courses first or you need to yeah. attain these levels first before you even think about you know kayaking in certain places whereas my pro- my approach is, is 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 very different to that you know i I I really believe that inherently people will look after themselves and, you know, it's hugely beneficial for folks to, to have adventures in their lives. And, um, and I, you know, I wouldn't say that everybody could paddle around Scotland on their own because, you know, there are things to take into account, but there's certainly, you know, there's certainly plenty of other, similar endeavors that, um, with, are within reach many, most people, I think. I think it was perhaps
0: the the simplicity of the of the journey that that appealed to people. I think a lot of you know I, I see uh, and I've spoken to to people on on the podcast uh, who who also embrace the outdoors and and show huge passion and enthusiasm for it and talk about the mental health benefits of it and then but they might be running you know a hundred miles these these sort of extreme adventures and and climbing mountains and 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 taking on triathlons and. These kind of things, and for a lot of people, that's kind of that's out of reach because it's, you know, requires a whole um, different, you know, different different world to, to which most people inhabit. But I think I think the simplicity and, and the beauty of of the pictures and the videos you shared, and and that, the, the you know the the simple nature of the activity, the slow nature of the activity, I think, which is also so sort of calming. I think a lot of people could relate to that, and mm-hmm. um and 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 sort of see see themselves. You know, or, or want to see themselves in, in your shoes, so, so I think a lot of people relate to it in that way.
1: And I, and I and I the number of messages or you know comments I received were along those lines. You know, I, um, you know, I just love the simplicity of it, and um, you know, wish I could do something like that. You know, take myself out of my busy my busy life. And yes, I think as I get older, I, I look for a more simple existence. You know i think uh, we complicate life considerably sometimes and um you know about 10 years ago my wife and i we we literally just got rid of all our belongings and bought a yacht and <laughs> lived aboard a yacht for about seven years because we felt overwhelmed by the complexity of living in a house you know it was um very odd mm-hmm. and once we're on the boat <clears throat> we lived within our means uh we we um we had what we needed that we could store on the boat and if we needed anything that we wanted to buy anything, then we knew that we had to, you know, we had to justify it and and find a place for it or make space for it, you know, by getting rid of something. And, um, yeah. And I think a lot of people do seek that, you know, particularly nowadays when we, for a lot of people, there's, there's anxiety around the climate and and how we relate with each other socially. And, and there's, there's a lot of anxiety out there and i think what calms a- anxiety is a, s- a desire for simplicity um, and honesty i suppose and that's the other thing i think you know when one becomes simple and we we become more true you know to ourselves and therefore you know in in the way we relate with other people it's it's it, you know it's a more um, honest and, and open um, dialogue i think
0: yeah, I, I I couldn't agree more. I think that's absolutely true. I mean, I think we all can all relate to, you know, feeling, almost feeling trapped by your belongings in terms of the fact that, I mean, I, I you know, live it out, my my house, I'm married and I've got two children and mm. consequently, you know, we've accumulated so much stuff. You know, every, everywhere is, is stuff. And I'd give anything to just kind of do a deep cleanse and get rid of it all and kind of just start with a blank sheet and go, right, okay, what actually do we need? Don't need all this stuff what actually do we need that's that's i think an exercise i think we would all benefit from at some stage for sure
1: yeah and i think um again this is this is something where you know we 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 may begin to give ourselves a hard time you know it's it's not our fault really that we 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 live like this nowadays because it's out there you know and 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 you know we're, we're we're propelled towards buying stuff because you know of of the way things are, are sold you know have portrayed, portrayed to us and and you know we find that we may need you know we need we have to exist with it because nowadays you need smartphones to pay your bills or you know it, it's all shifting towards you know that lifestyle but it but within that i think it's you know it, it may be finding the opportunity to to take time out and go away for a weekend or you know go and go and glamp somewhere in a yurt and 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 just live where there's only a stand pipe and you know collect your water from one pipe and all those things really that that you know you probably wouldn't want to live your life all 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 the time like that but it's those moments of simplifying the process of existing that allows you to to gives you room i think to the space to to see what yeah. is important ri- for you and grounds uh, you that's that's what i think yeah, can, things like that exactly yeah and um and i think that's you know in terms of of my mental health that's grounding is so important and it's literally feen- feeling the, the gr- earth beneath my feet. Sometimes it's, you know, it's, 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 that important. It's, it's, um, you know, when I'm, I'm so fortunate here in Toba to be able to walk down by a stream where there's waterfalls and, 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 and rapids and, you know, down to the seashore and just stopping and, and just, yeah, just, just, yeah just being (laughs) just noticing the the yeah just just noticing how simple it can be just to to connect at that level um it helps me to ground me and 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 then 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 beyond that then i can make choices you know i feel like i've i'm not being brow beaten into into um indeed it's almost like pressing a reset button isn't it and then thinking right now
0: now i've done that now i can breathe again i totally understand that um Coming back to the, to the to the paddle, coming back to your year, as you look back, and maybe as you've been writing the book, have you been struck by is there any particular day or any particular memory that 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 is particularly strong for you? Anything that you look back on as a as a particular highlight of the year?
1: There aren't there aren't any specific moments. I mean, there that there, there's so many times that um, you know if if as the way that it, see this is what what happens. The way that it it works for me is if if there's if there's a theme working within me or I'm aware of, um, that there will be a highlight from the trip that will will have meaning for that theme. So, uh, so for tenacity, for example, you know, being tenacious, you know, I would I would think possibly of of you know a really tough day on on the north coast where you know with a really big swell. And and just feeling very alive and and you know very challenged by the day, but incredibly rewarded at the end of it as well. An incredibly atmospheric day with huge huge you know waves crashing against the cliffs and um, really really a sense of huge power of the ocean. Mm-hmm. And and the, yeah, and then there's there's those exquisite moments of of you know coming up on a couple of sea eagles park, you know, they'd park themselves or perched themselves rather on a, on a scary, which is, you know, a part of rocks in the sea and and they didn't fly away as I drifted up, you know, So I, I was in, within meters of these huge birds uh, who were so impassive in, 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 in their, in allowing me to be present with them in, in that moment. And eventually they just unfolded their wings and these huge wingspans and flew off and it was just a really special moment or yeah just moments when uh, another time when i had in and, and i woke up in the morning and it snowed and i was just so my, my tent was like an igloo but i felt like i was the last human on, <laughs> on the planet it was just a really incredibly delicious experience to be honest you know it, it wasn't there was no hardship in despite being you know in sub-zero temperatures okay. it, it was just one of those really really wonderful moments and um you know I had two days of just chilling out there in my tent in the snow before paddling off and then coming down the east coast paddling into a cave which was dark and know I couldn't even see the end of it and I got to a point where I couldn't see the tip of my boat it was so dark but deep within the cave I could hear seals singing <laughs> uh, they weren't singing they were just calling to each other but it sounded like singing and it was incredibly spectral but also tuneful and beautiful and uh you know just one of those you know not many people will have had that experience and so incredible
0: it's, sense of privilege i imagine when you're in those that
1: moments exactly that's, that's 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 exactly what i felt and um you kind of wished i could have bottled it and you know bottle you know little bottle it in a bottle and and, and share it around but um yeah those moments and then lots of little childish boyish moments, you know, I think, um, this journey was great for me in terms of, um, reconnecting with that sense of curiosity and inquisitiveness, which was, was reignited the sense of play within me. And so, you know, paddling under sea arches or going in through caves or paddling around a headland wondering what was around the other side and yeah, just, just, just delightful really. Yeah. so. Tell me
0: that obviously that was an incredible adventure for you last of the year. What comes mm. next? Is there anything
1: else on the, on the horizon? Uh, well, nothing huge, but I'm, I'm keen to have lots of little adventures. So, uh, I've been talking about sort of, getting, I've never, I've, funny enough, I've never kayaked all the way around the Isle of Mull in one go. I've, I've done all the coastline, but in different, on different days and different months and different years. So I'm um, thinking of maybe sometime in January paddling off and going around Mull.
0: Okay, in and, January.
1: And, okay, yeah, in every nook and <laughs> cranny, uh, and just exploring. Well, it take me about ten days to do to do the whole the whole coastline. Uh, January, February. Um, but fantastic. you know, I, I I have a sense that I'm going to be quite busy next year. I've got my book, of course, to write, and um, you know, I'm, the interest has been fantastic in terms of my journey. So people invite me to to speak or. Um, and the other thing, I, you know, as a result of my trip is I've I've connected with people who want to paddle with me. So, you know, people want to kayak with me. So I think a lot of my time will be given to that as well. Sharing time with people on the water, which would be fantastic.
0: Fantastic. And you also wrote as well about the fact that you said that you know, the end of one adventure has sort of started the next in terms of your sort of journey in terms of raising awareness of mental health and supporting yeah. others. And, and this yeah. being the start of a whole new journey for you in that
1: space as well. Exactly. Yeah. And, and i think i want to increase that that exposure for myself you know i want to do more public speaking i want to um attend you know i just want to share my experience it's a funny thing really you know because that that requires a, le- a level of pushiness which i'm not very used to I'm not, I'm not i'm not somebody too used to you know um how can i say it promoting myself in a way that gets myself noticed
0: I don't I don't know. I I I don't I wouldn't I wouldn't say hundred and twelve thousand followers on Twitter is <laughs> <laughs> that's and quite like, an achievement. And I don't think yeah. you'd be pushy in any respects at all mm-hmm. to get that to get that huge following. Yeah. So I don't think that's a uh, something you need to worry about necessarily.
1: yeah, and no, I think my 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 goal is 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 to set up a charitable foundation as well to um provide the means for folks to have adventures in their lives. And this this will be people in the, in the later years of their, their adult life, really, uh, who, and with a focus on people who may be facing mental health challenges in their life. So but that, that, you know, I've got to write the book first, I think, before I can, you know, I can put my mind and, you know, effort into that, I think, otherwise I'm spreading myself too thin. One step at a time, one
0: step at a time.
1: I, yeah, learn from experience. That's, That's, that's what I need to do, yeah.
0: Indeed. Nick, thank you so much for, for being so open and being so honest and, and sharing so much of your journey and your, your uh, adventures with us. I, I really appreciate you uh, being so candid and being so open. It's been it's been absolutely amazing. Fantastic. Thank you very much for your time. it
1: been my pleasure.
0: Thank you. Thanks, John. Right, take yeah. care. Cheers, Nick. That's it for another episode. If you've been inspired by Nick's story and would like to join the thousands of people who already follow him on social media, You'll find all the links to do so in the show notes. And if you're living with depression and like Nick, find it hard at times to keep it at bay, there are also links in the show notes to resources and organisations that can help you. You'll also find our episode question there too, which this time around is: How has time outdoors and adventure helped your mental health? Our yes/no poll, meanwhile, simply asks: Have you ever attempted sea kayaking? It'll be fascinated to see how many of you have. You can answer both on the Spotify episode page, the link to which can be found in the episode notes through the Linktree site in the show profile or the Bravefront website. You can also interact with the show by sending us a voice message. We're always really keen to hear what you think of our guests and the subjects we've been discussing. You can also tell us your ideas for topics and things you'd like us to cover. Again, just head to the episode notes, the Linktree site or the Bravefront website for more details and the links to do so. And finally, if you've enjoyed the show, please leave us a review and subscribe on whatever platform you usually get your podcasts. In the meantime, though, look after yourselves and I'll see you soon. Take care.